0: Welcome to Food Processing Efficiency and Innovation with ProX Food. Everybody. My name is Nick Malio over here at ProX Food, and today is the first episode of our podcast. Joining us today are gonna to be the co-founders of the company, Ross Lund and Daniel Ghadiery. And we really just want to talk about the company, why we're here, what we're doing, and what we're doing differently. So uh, gentlemen, maybe starting with Ross, would you like to introduce yourself and say hi to our listening audience?
1: Thanks, Nick, glad to be here and talk uh, more about Prox Food. We're really proud of what we've uh, started here and look forward to doing some great things in the fruit and vegetable processing area.
0: Great, thank you. And, and Dan, tell, tell, tell the audience about the great things you do. So thank you first of all for the time today. I'm
2: also glad to be here. This is Daniel Gadiri. I'm the CTO of Proex Food. We do a lot of a lot of innovations, new things for the food, mainly vegetable and fruit processing and packaging. So I'm I'm here actually to help the team move forward uh, and Finalize all the technical details uh, with the customers and help the customers going uh, to to have what they want to have.
0: Great, great, thank you very much. So to start off today, you know we're going to talk about a little bit of the foundation of the company and why we're so unique. So at a point in time, a few years ago, uh, you guys were both at a equipment manufacturer in the food and beverage industry. And Ross, you were the president of the company. And, and Dan, I believe you were the, uh, the representative for the European market. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is, that is correct. Great. So we were uh, intimately involved in the in the vegetable processing equipment space in a, in a global uh, way. I've been uh, in this space, in the ag space, approximately, what, 23 years. Huh. And so I've gotten to know a lot of the, the ins and outs. And Daniel, I believe, has been in the market something like 15 years or so. So we have a lot of experience in global f- fruit and vegetables processing.
0: And, and when you guys decided that you wanted to break off and start X, what was really the driver? What did you see in the market? What did you see that customers needed that wasn't quite being addressed to kind of break off and start your own thing?
1: I think the need for the integrated technical solutions, the new technology was key. So in this space, there hasn't been a lot of new technology developed in many, many years. The mechanical processing of fruits and vegetables has has been quite stable. There's been innovation in optical and other forms of sorting, but not in some of the other processing technologies. And Daniel has some great background in automation and with the need to put these integrated systems together, it was a very nice fit.
0: Excellent. Dan, I don't know if you'd have anything to add to that. Sure, sure. So I think
2: customers need to come together. I mean, I would say having a complete turnkey solution, management, engineering, and manufacturing from all from one hand, this was actually uh, what shaped ProX Food and all these new technologies, automation. And this is actually what brought us together.
0: Excellent, and before we go further, I should probably let everybody know, as we're recording this, Ross and I actually sit together and work with our, our other representatives here in the US. We're in the Milwaukee office here in Wisconsin the US, and Dan and our engineering group and our European sales actually work out of Germany. So if Dan does sound a little distance, he is quite far away from us, but it gives us a nice global presence and a little bit more of what's going on. So just wanna make sure everybody's aware of of that. But let me ask you guys a question. You know, when you started the company to now, what what's changed both in the market? We can start with the market. Maybe we'll talk about the different ways the company has changed since then, but so in the last 2 years, have you seen any shifts in the market that have, have kind of made you guys look at things in a little bit of a different
1: light? Absolutely. Over the last number of years, difficulty finding and affording labor has been the component change in the market. Food safety requirements have been increasing uh, constantly. And of course, most recently, the, the pandemic has caused all of our processors to take a look at what the needs are for labor and how to be more efficient and safe in their operations.
0: Dan, have you seen anything change? Yeah, absolutely.
2: absolutely. I think, I mean, apart from the automation and the labor reduction from the market, from the products point of view, I mean, in the beginning, 10, 15 years ago, we were getting more and more uh, inquiries for the canning industry and also frozen vegetable and now this is just going towards a fresh produce and vacuum packed products so this is also what what we see from the inquiries we are
1: getting now (laughs) I think the Exactly. The, the the countries or the regions of the world where the economy is doing very, very well, consumers have moved to a, a more fresh product. They're willing to pay higher prices for it. However, globally, there is always the need for the preserved product through IQF freezing or canning. But in terms of just pure interest, uh, I agree with Daniel, the, the fresh market has really really expanded.
0: And Fresh Market really stands out as pretty much a focal point of the company. How long of a shift has it taken to really become good at the Fresh Market and have quite a lot of pieces in the portfolio? Has that been something that took a lot of or borrowed, I should say, technology from the frozen and lightly processed area, or did it take a decent amount of innovation and technology to uh, really make the aesthetic work, make the money work, the buyers and operators and producers? How has that really changed the approach?
1: I think the fresh market has has made a a change in type of equipment as well as capacity. So in the past... In North America, especially, capacities were always very, very large for operations. Now, with more regional operations, the capacity requirements have gone down. Hence, smaller equipment is needed in order for processors to afford the equipment, as well as the need for handling. Fresh product typically needs to be handled more gently and therefore needs different types of processing equipment or variations on you know preserved product. Daniel in in Europe i mean what have what have you seen in terms of, of change yeah it's so, i mean the same the same
2: in europe as well so supermarkets are more interested to offer uh, local products local produce to, to to the customers so we see also more and more farmers you know deciding to you know have their own processing lines to start their own Pack houses, small pack houses. So the, the same, the same we see in Europe.
0: So so the theme kind of ringing here is, is a little bit of decentralization, going for that local market, trying to keep things as fresh as possible. And, and that's probably led to a little bit of the market expansion too, right? So, you know, I know that some of the sales going on with the company right now are not only North America and South America and Europe, but, but it's actually spread out into different parts of Eastern Europe, different parts of Asia and the Middle East. It's branched out to certain parts of Africa and, and especially uh, Australia and New Zealand have been a pretty good market for the company. Do you think it's just that kind of locus of control that's really uh, resulted in kind of a, a you know, the market's? expanding and, and, and creating a more global presence for the
1: company? I believe that, as we talked about earlier, the economics in countries where labor is at a premium and very expensive have pulled the new technology in because there just aren't people to process this volume of fresh product in countries where you know unemployment rates are two, three percent and the pay rate is, you know, far exceeding minimum wage. And so these folks need to find technological ways to be more efficient and just keep up with consumer demand.
0: Sure. Dan, would you be able to talk maybe a little bit about the technologies you're you 've used in projects or the ones you 're looking at and how they address that that labor concern and, and different ways we we're, we're trying to tackle that part of it?
2: absolutely so we
0: what we get more and
2: more inquiries for automation not only robotic automation which is a robot doing what what a human does also process automation using more more and more smart conveying systems sensors to uh, you know automate the whole system and operations Yeah, and and this is what we have from everywhere now. Either there are new, completely new projects that the customer wants to have everything automated and smart, or there are existing lines and equipment that the customers are asking to have them smart, smarter than before.
0: So kind of a combination of retrofitting and integration technologies with what they may already have, if it's adequate. Or sometimes, I mean, you actually do lay out complete end-to-end brand new lines and work with facilities. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And uh, the whole
2: art of feeding the new lines, the new equipment to their existing lines. Is, is actually what we are good at. So we think day and night with our engineers, uh, what's, what's actually the best way of fitting this all together, how to lead the product, to have to use less conveying system, to use less energy, to have at the end the best production cost for the customer.
0: And what you're leading into, I think, is a little bit of almost a sustainability conversation, right? I mean, if you talk about utilization, it's everything from the labor to energy utilization. And that could be electricity. That could be water. could be just time, right? I mean, those all kind of play together. It's not just slapping in a piece of equipment because it's efficient. It requires a decent amount of design, correct?
2: Absolutely. That's right.
0: Let's change pace a little bit. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of different ways that we're adjusting to the market as a company and growing and scaling. So... You know, there's a lot of different things we've talked about now, just everything from you know, where the market was to where it's going to different needs in automation always a big key. But let me ask a different question. So out of all the different things and all the different drivers that have kind of created the change, what what's the most fun project you guys have worked on? And maybe we can start with Dan on this one.
2: Sure. So uh, I would say, I mean, all of the projects are uh, – quite fun to me because they're all different. They are, they are, we are all different customers, different challenges, so integrated parts. But I, I really have to admit that developing the X-ray vision system was the most fun project for me because this was the, one of the biggest challenges that we had and you know, which could help a lot of our customers to see through the products and we integrated this also to our robotic system. So this was the most fun project for me.
0: Very nice. Ross, I don't know if any stick out in your mind?
1: I think all of them, like Daniel said, are, are, are fun and interesting. Anytime you're helping a customer meet meet their needs, right, and see a happy customer and is great. For the most part, I guess I love seeing an integrated line from in-feed all the way to packaging come together and seeing that truck take the product out, out the door towards the retail store. It just is such fulfilling work. And uh, I've been in manufacturing my whole career, my entire career, and can't ever get enough of it seeing a satisfied customer use or eat our product.
0: All right, one more question today. We're gonna keep this brief, but, and I think we can come back to Dan on this one, but Dan, where do you see the company evolving? Sure, so I think our
2: customers take us where we should go. Now, actually, we see that we, we get more and more inquiries, from the customers to automate their lines. They need automated solutions, no labor. So I think we are more going towards having more and more automated solutions on the packaging side and also processing side. So on all these equipment we have, we are offering, we will be thinking how to automate them, how to make them smart, I would say smart equipment is a big topic. And, uh, you know, the way how, how everything communicates with each other, you know, and at the end, the factory manager is getting a report from the whole uh, line, and the efficiency of the line uh, I would say these are the topics which are quite quite uh, interesting for us and for our future.
0: Where do you see the company evolving?
1: Sure so Daniel talked about you know the Basically, the components of industry 4.0 and and, and things like that on automation. So that's all critical. In addition, I see our footprint expanding to serve customers better all the time, having more local support, more engineering support, helping customers design their lines to be more efficient, to be more food safe, to handle food more gently time and time again. So i think to reiterate daniel's point about our customers bringing us where we need to go absolutely true and and we can see consumers out there where are the food trends and and how do we step in front and help our customers deliver those those new trends or those new food products to retail customers
0: well thank you gentlemen uh, you know, I think you know I think that's gonna wrap up our first episode and in coming weeks we'll talk about different technologies at a little bit more of a granular level different projects we're working on different solutions we're coming with and we might even bring on some guests from different partners we have or some of our customers. And we really look forward to having this conversation. If there's topics that anybody would like to hear us talk about, please do email us at marketing at proxfood, I'd be happy to receive those requests and try to figure out how we can work them into a future podcast. Uh, but for today, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Daniel. Really appreciate your time today. And uh, we look forward to speaking to everyone again.
1: Thanks, Nick. We appreciate you organizing the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick.